This podcast was produced by Big Night Media, a proud partner of Big Night Entertainment. You know what? It's really fun to be here. Y'all know that theme music. (laughs) Pierce buries it. Tatum drives down and throws it down. This is my MC. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? How we doing, how we doing? And welcome to episode 139, episode 139 of the Banner Rancher Podcast. I'm your host and favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Timmy G. How's everyone doing? You can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. And like I've said a million times before, and I'm happy to say it, I am part of the Big Night Media team with some terrific podcasts like the Marky P Show, Those Girls You Know, Boston Uncommon with Joe Maz, Eat the Damn Cake, Drinks After Work, I'm the promoter, He's the DJ, Burnt Toast, Let's Be Clear with Kayla, 30 Flirty and Surviving, Music You're Missing, It's Always Something with JD, and many more podcasts on the way. Don't forget to check out Big Night Breaks on the WhatNot app, and go check out the Card Vault brand new one-of-a-kind card store down at Patriot Place, and support the brand, will you? You listen to the podcast, why don't you rock some merchandise? Go to BigNightShop.com, discount code FALL20, 20% off. Banner Banter Podcast merch. BigNightShop.com. Click the Big Night Media tab. Click Banner Banter Podcast tab. There's a raincoat that everyone loves. Hats, hoodies, t-shirts, tank tops, you name it. Trying to support everyone. Make sure that you go to BigNightShop.com. Use the discount code FALL20 or 20FALL. I'm having a brain fart on which one it is. Try both. Maybe you can get even more of a discount. Folks, we have a lot to talk about this week on the Banner Banter Podcast on episode 139. I've been trying to keep them short lately, but this one might be a little bit longer than usual because holy guacamole, a lot has gone on since the last time we talked last Monday. Wowzers. Uh, But right now, the Celtics are currently the 11th seed in the Eastern Conference. They're 4-6, and but they have won 2 out of 3. You know me, Captain Positivity here. They have won 2 out of 3. Let's go. Uh, They lost 128-114 to at TD Garden last Monday. 0-3 for the first time in franchise history at home. The franchise has been around for 75 years. It's the NBA 75th anniversary, and no better way to kick it off than being 0-3 for your first three home games. You've got to be kidding me. Uh, Let's see what else happened. Oh, yeah, the three-game road trip. They beat the Magic, 92-79. They beat the Miami Heat. That was a surprise, 95-78. to And then they lost to the Dallas Mavericks in Dallas on Saturday night thanks to another Luka Doncic buzzer beater. Luka is unbelievable. Generational talent. Love watching him play. He's absolutely ridiculous. But that is now the second straight time the Celtics have gone to Dallas and have lost because of a Luka buzzer beater. Absolutely insane he's so good like you it's almost like you can't be mad but how it happened you absolutely can be mad and i'll talk about that very shortly let me tell you uh this week the celtics they got three games 
Two at home, one on the road, the Raptors, the Bucks, the Cavs. I'll talk about that later on, like I always do, give you a little preview of the week. Uh, to update you on some injuries, uh, because this team is clearly cursed with injuries. Josh Richardson was out for earlier or the early part of the week with a foot contusion. He's fine now. He played very well against the Mavs, arguably one of his better games. He was clutch in the fourth quarter, and especially in the second half overall, hitting some big shots, defending well. Was really happy to see Josh Richardson actually look like a guy that deserves the money that we're paying him right now. Uh, Romeo Langford, yeah, guess what? Missed another game because, well, it's Romeo Langford. This time, due to an illness, non-COVID-related. Hope Romeo's okay. Don't want to see anyone sick, but, I mean, this kid had an opportunity of a lifetime because Jalen Brown left the Heat game with some hamstring tightness. Celtics, I think, are playing it very, very safe. We'll probably find out more the second after I release this episode. And people are going to be like, well, Timmy, you're really not up to par with everything. Well, there's only so much I can do, folks. Okay, so that's that. And hopefully Jalen, I'm going to assume Jalen's going to miss the Raptors game on Wednesday at TD Garden. And I'm hoping praying, fingers, eyes, toes crossed, whatever you want to do, say a rosary. I don't care. I hope Jalen's back for the Bucks game. That would be like a good six, seven days off for him. No, actually like, yeah, so full seven days, eight days off for him. And I think hopefully his hamstring will be in better shape. But back to Romeo Langford real quick. If Jalen Brown, sorry, let me say that again. I literally said it had a brain fart. I'm not even going to edit that because I want people to realize how hard it is to podcast sometimes. So with Jalen Brown missing the Mavs game, Romeo Langford, with how well he played in that Heat game, was probably going to start in this basketball game. He was probably going to start over Dennis Schroeder, who filled in for uh, Jalen Brown. Out with an illness. Unbelievable. You can't play through a cold? Come on, kid. Come on. Absolutely unbelievable. But we obviously have something very, very important to talk about right now, and we're going to do it thanks to Stud and Dud of the Week. So hit the music. And now it is time for the Celtics Stud and the Celtics Dud of the Week. All right, it is week three of Stud and Dud of the Week. I can't believe we're already three weeks into the NBA season, but the Stud of the Week is Al Horford, who had a solid week, shooting 42% from the field, 35% from three, 12 points a game, nine boards, four assists, three blocks. The Celtics are so much better with him on the floor than off. If you look at the net rating numbers, sometimes I know NBC Sports Boston throws them up, but if you go to basketballreference.com, ESPN.com, it's ridiculous. And I know he didn't play a lot to close out the Mavs game, but not every game is for him. But when Al Al Horford is in there. This team is so much better. He, his game against the Heat was terrific. I know, you know, he didn't score 20 or 30 points, but he did everything that he was supposed to do, including that great dunk, that and one dunk that the Celtics really needed because the Celtics had a nice lead at halftime against the Heat. It was 15, 16 points. It might have been even higher. I just forget how much it was. And you knew the Heat was going to come out in the third quarter and punch the Celtics. And guess what? They got punched. They got punched really well, but the Celtics fought back, which is something that we never see or, or haven't seen in a really, really long time. And it was great to see. I love to see it. I was all about it. And Al Horford was a huge part of that. He it just shows that he's a true professional. I'm glad he's back. I hope this fountain of youth that he has continues because he's playing at a great level. He I don't know if he still leads the league, but going into the Mavs game on Saturday night, Al Horford led the leagues in blocks per game. 
Who would have thought that was going to happen from a guy who's 35, 36 years old? Absolutely incredible. I'm sure down the road we're going to see some games where Al Horford gets a game off, but he's an OG. He's a vocal leader. I think a lot of the young guys respect him. I know the Time Lord talks about him all the time. I know number 12 talks about him all the time. And by the way, number 12 sucks again. I knew that wasn't going to last long. Oh my God, he's so bad. But yeah, so stud of the week, Al Horford, really helping this team do all the little things, hockey assists, setting the right screens, being the vocal leader on the defensive side of things. Al Horford, I com- I salute you, my friend. I hope someday I can meet Al Horford. I just feel like he's like a really nice guy, you know? Maybe he isn't, but I, I feel like he is, and how do you not love his sister on Twitter, Anna Horford? She's awesome, too. So yeah, that's that. The dud of the week? <laughs> well, you know what? I'm going to give you a second to go get some popcorn, you know, go get some popcorn, throw it into the microwave, take your phone, your, you know, your uh, AirPods, whatever you got, go over to the microwave, put them in and let's have a conversation about my good friend, Marcus Smart, number 36 in your program. And to be honest with you, I think he's number 36 in my heart as well. Yeah, there's a lot of people above him. And I was thinking about doing an emergency podcast after the Chicago Bulls game once I heard about his comments that he said earlier in the week. But uh, I think uh, I was a little too angry and uh, I didn't want to push it. And I also didn't want to be, you know, I, I, I just wanted to be respectful to, to all parties involved. Let's just say that. Now, before I begin my rant, let me just say this. Some of the things that Marcus Smart said were legit, they were fair, they were valid, but he was completely and utterly fucking wrong, and he went about it in such a piss-poor way. Like, it was so fucking stupid. And I'm sorry if I just blew out your ears there. But Ime is, Ime stated it, Jalen said it, said it, did I just say said it, stated it, Brad Stevens stated it as well with his interview with Toucher and Rich, it was not ideal, it should have been kept in house, horrible, piss poor execution, oh my god, I am so sick of Mark and Smart, if you can't talk face to face with someone that you've been playing basketball with and sharing a locker room with and sharing plans with and sharing hotel rooms with and sharing dinner with, whatever the case may be, it is not a good look on you or on them either, I mean it's not a great look on Jalen and Jason either, but I just don't understand where Marcus Smart is coming from, and what I mean by that is why say it to the public again, Jalen and Jason. I've always said need to be more, need to be more playmakers. This, that's why we have Jalen Brown dance parties wherever, you know, if you've been listening to the podcast for a long time, I've been doing Jalen Brown dance parties anytime he gets five or six or more because I hate the fact that he doesn't pass the ball enough. So I understand what Marcus Smart was saying. It wasn't something ridiculous. But why the fuck are you saying it to the general public, to the media? Because you know the media is only going to focus on one thing. And then people are lazy and they're not going to read the whole comment. And then they're going to think Marcus Smart hates playing with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And then it's going to be be this big thing and the way social media is these days and all that stuff you know the players that's all they're going to see you know that jason tatum and jalen brown are going to be like well let me rewind and really listen to what marcus smart had to say here no they're not going to do that and for those of you that live on a like live under a rock basically marcus said jalen and jason don't pass the ball enough and need to get more guys involved because teams know how good these guys are and everyone has to work as a team And that is really tough to hear from a guy who had zero assists after the game. Zero. Goose egg. I I have more NBA assists 
than Marcus Smart did in that Bulls game after, which was the game that he said the comments after. I mean, it's also tough to hear that from a guy who is shooting 28% from three, which is lower than his career average. And we all know his career average sucks from three. Like, holy crap. Oh my God. Could I take a tough layup and maybe get to the free throw line or throw a cross court pass to Marcus Smart, who literally has a 72% chance of missing it? Yeah, I'll try and take the foul. And Marcus is shooting 31% from the field this this year. It's it's bad. And I listen, I know everyone loves Marcus. He dives on the floor. He brings Celtics pride. God, it's beautiful, isn't it? He can defend well. He was a big reason why they won that Hornets game late. His defense on Luka during the Mavs game was solid. I get that. I know why people love him. I respect Marcus Smart's game, but I'm just so sick of his shit. I really am. He, like... Ugh. But like, it's just like, at what point are we going to say enough is enough? Because I'm over it. I am. I can't stand the cute passes. I can't stand the bullshit comments. I can't stand the over the hype, over the top, absolute ridiculous confidence. I can't stand the poor shootings. His playoff numbers are exactly the same as his regular season numbers. So he doesn't take it to another level at all in the playoffs. And I, you know, I get... I love seeing Marcus Smart dive on the floor. You don't see that a lot. You don't see that anymore in the NBA, really. Maybe from a handful of guys. And, and it's great because that's old school basketball. And that's what Celtics fans love. Old school basketball because that's when the Celtics were good and winning championships. Old school basketball. And I understand he can defend spots one to five. And I understand he's one of the best floppers in the league. Marcus does do a lot of things. But to call out people that are so much better than you when you could have just kept it in-house and made it a bigger situation than it needed to be is immature, childish, and I don't understand why anyone would consider him being a captain of this basketball team. I don't care how long he's been in a Celtics uniform. And by the way, the foul at the end of the Mavs game on Saturday, oh, oh my God. Oh my God. That was one of the dumbest fucking things I've ever seen in my life. It was literally one of the dumbest basketball plays ever. From what should be a guy who's pretty smart, right? Everyone loves Marcus. He knows he knows the game of basketball. It's one of the dumbest things I've ever seen in my life. You don't even need to know how basketball works. And you would go, <laughs> what an idiot. I mean, the Celtics had a foul to give. There was 14, 15, maybe even 16 seconds left. And Rob Williams did a great job tipping the inbound pass to bring the Mavs further back in the backcourt. So they were at half court. And now they're probably at like three quarters court. So great job by Rob there. And the difference between the shot clock and the game clock was like four or five seconds. It might've been even more, but I don't think it was anything more than five seconds, which means the Celtics, if the Mavs missed a shot or made a shot, they would probably have another opportunity to run a very quick play to either tie the game or win the game. And the Celtics fouled. Marcus Smart fouled. I don't understand. Luca had the ball at half court and he was dribbling and Marcus reached in. And because of that, I I get that the Celtics had a foul to give. I get that. But because of that foul, it erases the shot clock. So now the Celtics don't have an opportunity to get the ball back. And Luca just dribbled around, dribbled around, dribbled around and waited, did one of his classic step back three pointers and it went in. And listen, I know Ime is a smart guy. He may not be the best coach right now, okay? He may not be the best coach for this team right now. I think he will be, but right now, no. 
But there is no way in hell, no way in H-E double hockey stick that Ime Adoka told Marcus Smart to foul. And what does Marcus Smart do? Fouls. Why? Why? Like, Backstreet Boys, tell me why. Like, I don't understand why he fouled. That was so stupid. It was so stupid. It was literally the dumbest thing Marcus Smart has ever done on a basketball floor. Seriously. Like, oh my God, I can't believe you followed him. Like, thinking about it is making me so angry, and I kind of just want to shut off the podcast and and just call it a day. That was so stupid. How do you foul there? And the thing is, is like, the possession before that, Marcus threw this awful shot up because he thought he was going to get fouled. Marcus Smart's not getting a late fourth quarter foul call. But a few pass, a few possessions before that, guess what? He hit a big three-pointer in the corner. So you were like, oh my god, way to go, Marcus. And then he completely ruins it. Does the complete opposite of dumb and dumbery. You've completely redeemed yourself. And Marcus does the complete opposite of that. So he's the dud this week for a lot of reasons. For a dumb comment and a dumb foul. But let's do a quick uh, recap of the last week. Some of the good, some of the bad. Let's talk about it. Ah, uh, wow. I got to take like a deep breath here. <sighs> okay, the Celtics played three great quarters of basketball versus the Bulls. They really did. Then completely shit themselves. Piss poor effort. Couldn't hit a shotgun. One defensive rebound in the fourth quarter. One. Not two, but one. They played 12 minutes of basketball. A lot of shots are taken during that time. And I understand the Bulls, you know, were basically hitting everything. But one defensive rebound, absolutely childish. Jason and Jalen, they didn't play very well. Especially to take their team to the next level to beat a very good team in the NBA, they didn't do it. Now, to get outscored in the fourth quarter, 39-11, to 11, which I think that's what it was. Yeah, it was 39-11. to 11. It's just gross. But everything before that was really good. It's probably the best the offensives looked all year. I mean, 35 in the first quarter, 32 in the second quarter, 36 in the third quarter. And you could see their defense improving all game. And then it's just like, I don't know, it's just like they like just turned to switch and just shut off. I mean, five players in double figures for the Celtics, that doesn't happen a lot. Can't remember the last time that happened, and they still lost. Then they go down to Orlando to play the Magic. And how are they going to react after Marcus Smart calling them out, them being Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum? Are they going to get Marcus involved? Are they going to get other guys involved? Is this going to be a good thing for the team? Is it going to be a bad thing for the team? And then all of a sudden, Adrian Wojnarowski on ESPN, before the uh, ESPN game, basically said there was a team meeting that didn't go very well. And it really didn't help the situation at all. But then Ime basically said, we had a planned team dinner. And 30 minutes before the coaches showed up, all the guys sat down and chatted it out. And that was that. And he said everything went well. And I'm going to believe Ime because he's in that situation over the, over Woj. And I love Woj. And I love Shams. But I feel like they're never really right about Celtics news. I mean, remember, Al Horford wasn't even going to sign with the Celtics, according to Woj. And then all of a sudden, Al Horford signed with the Celtics. So very, very weird. And then, again, that was a few years ago. But once again, the Celtics played three good quarters of basketball versus the Magic. The second quarter really wasn't ideal. Tatum had a bad shooting night again. And Jalen continues to show that as of as of right now, he is the best player on the Celtics team. He, he, maybe not talent-wise, but so far this year, if you were to look at Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, Jalen Brown is a better player than Jason Tatum so far this season. Not saying overall, I'm just saying so far this season. Allen Robb are also solid. Four blocks combined. Again, the defense looked better. They only allowed, like, what was it, like 72 points or something like that? 79 points. Not bad. So, but again, I'm not really impressed with the win because the Magic suck. Then you have the Heat game. 
Heat game, I was nervous about. I mean, the Heat going into this game, their net rating, their offensive rating, their net rating, all the analytics side of it, and just watching a couple games of them, you know that they're one of the best teams in the league, and they are going to go very, very far in the playoffs. And let me get this out of the way. The Heat played their worst game of the year. Credit to the Celtics for sure. But at the same time, the, let's be realistic. The Heat just didn't play well. They couldn't hit shots, but you could say it was because of the Celtics' defense. But at the same time, you know the Heat came out their next game and just absolutely washed the floor with their opponent. And that's what they did. Now, I don't know who they just beat. I could probably find out. You know, I'd watch it be like a really good team too. But if you ask me, the Miami Heat played a really poor game and the Celtics took advantage of it, which is something that this team usually doesn't do. So I am happy about them. Yeah, they beat the Jazz by three. Again, one of the better teams in the league. So, again, whether it was a fluke or not, it was still a good team. But the Celtics played three good quarters. The fourth quarter was iffy, but it was better than the first. Their defense was unreal in the second quarter, only holding the Heat to nine points. They aren't switching as much anymore. Brad Stevens talked about that with Toucher and Rich. He's on every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. with them. And I think he was like, Ime, dude. This ain't working, all this switching, and it, it's working. Ever since they kind of changed up the defensive scheme a little bit, more communication, better traps, better schemes, better rotation, more communication. The help defense is so much better now. The help defense that Tatum had in that Mavs game was something we haven't seen from him in a really long time. And listen, i got to give a shout-out to Romeo and Aaron Neesmith in this Heat game. They came off the bench and played very, very well against one of the better leagues in the team. They weren't fearful of the moment, so tip of the caps to them. And then just real quick on the Mavs game. Once again, three good quarters of basketball and one quarter screwed them, and that was the first quarter. They were horrific in the first quarter. More piss-poor shooting from them. It, it haunted them. It sucked, but, hey, they survived that second quarter. Even with Tatum getting hit in the head and having to leave with, like I think, like three and a half minutes to go, the, the Mavs extended their lead. The Celtics got it down to, like, 10. They extended the lead to 18, but they fought back in that game. Without Jalen, without Romeo, I liked it. I think it was one of those bullshit morale victories, but hey, at this point, I'll take any victory, and if it's a morale victory, so be it. But Tatum in this game looked like the old Tatum. Now, am I willing to say Jason Tatum is back? No, because you got to see it over a couple games. The Raptors this week, maybe against Giannis later on in the week. If Tatum can put three or four of these games together, then we can say Jason Tatum's back. But one, one good game against the Mavs ain't going to really do it for me. He did look like old Tatum, for sure. And it's a step in the right direction. I'm not going to argue there. At one point, he scored eight points in a row for the team. But again, the defense looked very good. They just couldn't make some key stops in the, at the right time, and it was frustrating, but that happens. But it's an improvement, and that's all you want this team to be. You want this team to be its best come April when the playoffs start, if they make the playoffs, because right now they're not making the playoffs. So the theme for this past week, if you noticed it, the defense is getting better. But this team still can't play 48 minutes of basketball, and they haven't been able to do that for a few years. But if the defense can keep improving like this, less switching, more help defense, everyone stays put, everyone is on the same page, the communication is there, this team can start causing some serious damage on the defensive end, which is what I think Ime wants to do. Because he knows that he is one of the better scorers in the league in Jason Tatum. Jalen Brown's improving. Dennis Schroeder is surprisingly getting hit a lot of shots up. They may not be going in as much as we'd like, but he is showing that he he can penetrate and score and penetrate and get other guys involved for sure. But the the issue is they got to do it for 48 minutes. 
And until they do that, they are going to continue having these tough losses, like these double overtime losses, that bullshit Bulls loss, Luka buzzer beaters, the list goes on and on. But they have to play a full 48 minutes for that to happen, and they just haven't done it yet. They only play for three quarters. It It's just not this year's team. It's last year's team, the year before that. They just can't play a full 48. But when they do, hopefully it clicks with them. And then they can take their games to the next level as individuals, as a team. And next thing you know, we're talking about maybe they're the fourth or fifth seed because they got a long way to go. There's a lot of basketball left. I mean, there's 72 games left. They are, they, the Celtics literally have the amount of games that they played last year in the shortened season left. It's not off to a great start, but if they can keep the defense up and decide to play for 48 minutes versus 36, I'm telling you, this team can be good. It's just right now they're not. But before I end the podcast, upcoming week, they got three games this week, two of them at home, one on the road. The Raptors are in town on Wednesday. Bucks are in town on Friday. Both games at TD Garden at 730. Then on Saturday, they go and play the Cavs in Cleveland at 8 p.m. Some injury updates for their upcoming opponent, Pascal Siakam, one of the better players in the league, former All-Star. He'll be back for the Raptors. Chris Middleton has COVID, so he may or may not be back. It really all depends on if he can pull off two negative PCR tests within 24 hours. Brooke Lopez and Grayson Allen, their day-to-day with back injuries. Uh, Markinen and Okuru for the Cavs, they're out right now. I don't think Markinen will be playing. He was put in the COVID protocol. Okuru, I think, stayed a day, so we might see him. He's a great young talent for the Cavs. Quick little preview on each game. The Raptors, it's pretty simple. If you hit your shots and play defense like you have been the last three or four games, then you're not going to be as bad as you were at the home opener, and you should be able to win this basketball game with or without Jalen Brown. And I understand Pascal Siakam's back, and Van Fleet is uh, is playing very well. OG Ananobi is playing well, but OG Ananobi is not going to be getting as many shots with Pascal Siakam now coming back. So it'll be interesting to see how his game adjusts. The, and listen... The Celtics didn't play defense. The Celtics didn't care. Uh, the Celtics weren't hitting shots in that home opener. But if they do that, they can beat this team. I understand the Raptors are currently 6-4. and four, But they can beat this team without Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown needs another day off with, with the hamstring. They should be able to beat him. I, I really and truly believe that. And maybe maybe they were nervous that I was hitting courtside. You know, I don't blame them. I get it. I'm usually up on the balcony. To have some guy from the balcony come down and sit courtside, it must be a nerve-wracking experience for them, and and I don't blame them. So maybe the loss is on me. I'll, I'll take that responsibility. But they can beat this Raptors team. They really and truly can. The Bucks, <laughs> well, they're having a weird year. But a lot of injuries. And maybe a championship hangover, too. Who knows? But Chris Middleton, obviously out with COVID. Not ideal. Drew Holiday was hurt. He's been playing some limited minutes, and obviously that doesn't help, you know, Giannis because Giannis needs those guys because those guys are so good. I mean, Drew Holiday just came in and won a championship, then left, and then won a gold medal. He's a winner. Same thing with Chris Middleton. And Giannis's jump shot, guys, has kind of improved. It actually looks, I don't want to say completely normal, but more ab- it, better than whatever the hell it was previously. I'll tell you that right now because that thing was disgusting, borderline uncomfortable, and Listen, they're 4-5 and five this year. They've lost to the Knicks, they've lost to the Jazz, they've lost to the Timberwolves, and they also lost to the Heat by 42. It's been a weird year for the Bucks, but they're still the Bucks. They still own us, because we haven't played that well against the Bucks lately, and I hope Jalen is back. And if that's the case, 
You're at home. You were rested. Attack. Attack everyone. Jalen's done a great job at attacking the rim this year, I think. But Giannis hopefully can be controlled by Al. You know, Al always has always found a good way to defend Giannis. I'm not saying he's going to stop him. Giannis is still probably going to drop 32 points. But if it's a tough 32, I'll take that. And please, I say this every single time we play the Bucks. so I'm sorry if you've listened to all 139 episodes of the Banner Banter Podcast for multiple reasons, but mainly for this reason. The Bucks are such a good three-point shooting team. Pat Connington, DiVincenzo, uh, you know, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Grayson Allen now is on the team. He's a pretty good three-point shooter. But, like, don't get in a three-point shooting contest with this team. You'll lose. You'll lose by so many, so many points. It will be so, so bad. Please don't. Please don't do it. But this is just one of those games. Control Giannis. Make sure one of their other players don't get crazy. And you can win this bad. The Celtics can go on a little bit of a run here. They can beat the Raptors. Maybe they lose to the Bucks. Whatever. And then they have two games against the Cavs, and I know they can beat the Cavs. Speaking of the Cavs, Saturday night, 8 p.m. in Cleveland. The game won't be easy. The The Cavs have been a surprising team this year. They're 6-4 and four so far this year, and they've beat some pretty good teams. The Blazers, the Hornets, the Raptors, and they got seven guys averaging double figures. And I, I, I like this matchup for us. I really do. And I know I just bashed Marcus Smart for a really long time, but Colin Sexton, Darius Garland, their leading scorers. Darius Garland's almost averaging eight assists a game. So he's obviously a big important part of this offense. But there is no two better guards in this league, in my opinion, that give zero fucks that can just really take these guys off their games like Dennis Schroeder and Marcus Smart. They can disrupt their games. It will then disrupt the Cavs offense. And then next thing you know, they're all over the place. We can take control of that. We can force turnovers, run the fast break, get some easy points, and win a reasonably easy, hopefully good road win, okay? Jared Allen for them, he's having a nice season so far. Rob needs to step up and show why he's a better talent than Jared Allen. Their first-round pick, Evan Mobley, he's been playing very well. Two, Ricky Rubio, he's coming off the bench for them. He's averaging double figures. Celtics have to be able to slow him down. Maybe that's Josh Richardson's responsibility, Peyton Pritchard's responsibility. But listen, Aaron Neesmith and Peyton Pritchard need to play more. I cannot say that enough. I think Peyton Pritchard does some really good things for this basketball team. He helps spread the floor out because he can shoot from distance. Maybe he's not shooting that great this year. Maybe it's the mask, but Peyton can do some good things for sure. There were times in the Mavs game, Peyton was on the floor when the Celtics cut the lead, and then Peyton would leave the floor, and then next thing you know, the Mavs took the lead again. So those are some of the things we just got to focus on. Would I rather see Aaron Neesmith than Romeo Lankford? On the floor, yes, I would. Would I rather see Aaron Neesmith and Romeo Lankford just become one person? Absolutely. I think that would be much, much better. But that's it. Episode 139 of the Banner Banter Podcast. I know it was a lot. I'm just very angry at Marcus Smart. I can't believe that foul. I still can't get over it. Like, listen, I'm I'm not the brightest bulb on the Christmas tree, but my God, that was so stupid. I can't get over that. It literally cost the Celtics the game. Now, you could be like, well, their piss-poor first play didn't help, and the fact that Tatum got hurt, yeah. But guess what? They also had an opportunity to win the game because they fought back, and Marcus was a part of that. Touche. But, God, that was so stupid. Oh, my God. Anyways, that's it. Find me on the Twitter machine, at BannerBanter18, or on Facebook and Instagram, at BannerBanterPodcast. Thanks so much for your support, as always, for listening. We just reached the uh, 16,500 listen mark on the podcast, which is really cool. Hopefully, we'll be at 20,000 super soon. Super soon. 
hang up the microphone, Tim. All right, folks, have a great weekend. Please stay safe. Veterans Day this week. Thanks to all the veterans out there. Really appreciate everything you've done for our country. Um, my grandfather was a veteran. My uncle Kevin was a veteran. So thanks. Thanks to everyone. My my best friend Jay is currently in the Air Force. So just thanks to everyone in the military for keeping us safe, keeping our freedom, all that good stuff. And uh, I hope everyone has a great week. Please stay safe. We'll, we'll talk soon. Toodles and noodles. X's and O's. Bye-bye. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night.